people there who have their children watching that, that such things. It just makes me ill. But he vexed his soul. Now, i got to be honest with you. If, if I was Lot's pastor, if God didn't tell me he's saved, I'd sure think he wasn't. I mean, really, you, you read the Scripture, you don't think, and we're going to go through everything he did. It sure doesn't sound like a man that knew God at all. But the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter number 2 that he vexed his righteous soul. The word vexed. In the book of Daniel, the Bible talks about the Antichrist wearing out the saints of God. Wearing them out. The, the word in 2 Peter chapter 2 means the same thing. It wore him down. He, I'm sure at first that he prickled against the way those men lived. But, you know, hey, the money's good. Things are nice here. And he just kept pushing that down and pushing that down and pushing that down till he was no longer sensitive to it. He vexed his righteous soul, and he wore it out down the place that just didn't bother him. You know, here's a little marker that for me and you, we really need to pray for any believer who has to work in an environment where they are surrounded by ungodly people. And a lot of us were. I, when I worked at the telephone company, I, there was one other guy uh, on the line crew that I, I believed was a Christian, gave evidence of being saved, went to church regular and talked about the things of God, and all the rest of them didn't. And so the, the conversation was not good. And the other things that they did were not good. The pornography, uh, I, I was, when I worked here in Memphis area, uh, my foreman, uh, he got mad upset because our productivity had gone down and so he he held a uh, team meeting and he said all the playboys and all that stuff's got to be out of your truck said if I find anything I'll take it and throw it away he did come to me privately and said I could read my bible if I'd promise him that I wouldn't read it any other time except break and lunch time and so I, I did that's no problem if I did more than that I'd be stealing stealing time so I didn't do it but uh, I was surrounded by that. And, hey, when you're surrounded by it, you need somebody to pray for you. And a lot of men, and a lot of ladies face it where the places they go. Let me give you a, a list of things that, that uh, Lot lost. These are things that Lot lost. Number one, he lost his fellowship with God. And that's the most important thing that he lost because it precipitated all the others. When we lose fellowship with God, remember I've been preaching through 1 John on Sunday mornings. When we lose fellowship with God, we're walking in darkness. When we walk in darkness, we stumble because we don't know where we're going. When we walk in darkness, sin gets a grip on us, and we're dabbling in our sin instead of walking in the light. So he lost his fellowship with God. Secondly, he lost his wife. My guess is that he had a nice, comfortable home. I mean, he was a rich man, the Bible says. And uh, he and Abraham both were very wealthy. And so he lost his wife because as, as they are fleeing, she's thinking about her comfortable home and all her possessions. They don't have any time to gather up much. Just stop and think about how rushed you would be. And she turned to look at her house one more time, and she was gone. Turned to a pillar of salt. The Bible doesn't tell us how Lot reacted to that, but that had to hurt. That had to hurt. He lost his daughters. 
But he lost them a long time before the, the brimstone and the fire came down. When we read in the scriptures, uh, go to... Uh, Go to verse 8 in chapter 19. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man, two, two daughters that are virgins. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as, as is good in your eyes, only unto these men do nothing, for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. What do you think the girls thought when daddy offered them to a mob to be used sexually? Where, how, how far does, is, has a man's mind gone that he would make that as, a, as an offer? I can offer my baseball bat. I can offer him a frying pan, but I'm not going to offer him my daughters. Just amazing thing. He lost his daughters. He, he offered them to the sodomite uh, mob, and with no knowledge of God, evidently hadn't taught them a thing about the Lord, they, when they get up in the mountain because they think the whole world's been destroyed, they commit incest with their father and, and uh, both of them, one night, one after another. And in those two nights were conceived two nations that were nothing but a thorn in the side of the nation of Israel from there on out. Well, he lost his sons-in-law. Now, I don't know if he had other daughters who lived with sons-in-law. Some folks say that the sons-in-law had married his virgin daughters and they were sodomites, and they just did it to have public show. I think the sons-in-laws were married to some other daughters. I, that's just me personally. But he lost them too. He tried to talk to them. Look, judgment's coming. Fire's coming. You've got to get out of here. You've got to go now. You've got to leave. got to get ready. You've got to go. And the Bible says he seemed as unto them as one that mocked. And then the last thing he lost, and maybe we could have put that in a little different position, is he lost his testimony. Nobody'd believe him. His own family didn't believe him. Doesn't appear. Well, let's read a couple of verses and I'll try to give you the, the five pictures that we're looking at. You know, there's two angels in verse number one of, of chapter 19. That's the two angels and God who had spoken to Abraham in chapter 18. The two angels went on and God in a, a physical form, a theophany, appeared to, to uh, Abraham and spoke with him. And Abraham is pretty bold and he's praying, Lord, you wouldn't destroy the, the righteous with the guilty, would you? And if there's just 50 people, there's five, you know, five cities, there's just 50 people, I won't do it for 50. How about 45? I won't do it for 45. How about 40? I won't do it for 40. 30? No, I won't do it for 30. What about 20? won't do it for that. How about 10? If there's just 10, I won't destroy it. But that was it. That was bottom line. Five cities, 10 righteous people. And there weren't ten righteous people. Isn't that amazing? The only thing I can give you in comparison of that was that during the days of Noah. And I've read some estimates about, you know, if the birth rate was this and all that kind of thing. People live this many years. There were somewhere maybe around 60 million people when Noah went into the ark. Eight people are saved. That's just staggering, isn't it? Eight out of, even if it's eight out of one million. Just a, a mind-blowing. Well, the inhabitants of the city. Let's, let's look down 
Lot, uh, you know, they say, we want to know these men, and, and we're all adults in here, we understand. They were saying, we want to have sex with these two men. We're sodomites, we want to have them, they're new meat, they're new to us. And by the way, the, the Bible indicates that young and old showed up. This wasn't just old men, this was young and old that showed up. But anyway, he's, he gets the angels, they come to his house, he's feeding them. These uh, sodomites knock on the door. Where are the men, verse 5, that came unto thee? Bring them out. We may know them. Lot begins to talk to them. And notice what he said in verse 7. And he said, I pray you, brethren. He was comfortable calling them brethren. Do not so wickedly. And then he offered his two daughters. And they said, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came into sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now we'll deal worse with him than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men, the angels inside the house, put forth their hand, pulled Lot into the house to them, and shut to the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, small and great, I believe that's young and old, so that they were wearied themselves to find the door. What would you do? If you had, you know, you were arguing with somebody and it looked like you was going to come to blows, women sometimes fight. I, I had, when I was in high school, there was one girl fight that I saw. But it's pretty common today from what I'm hearing. But can you imagine you're getting ready to fight and all of a sudden you can't see? Would you keep punching? Well, I, I think you'd probably ask for mercy, fall on the ground, do something. These people are trying to break in this door and all of a sudden they can't see. They're blinded. They're disoriented because they're used to being able to see. But instead of trying to find their way home, they're still trying to find the door. They were addicted to their sin. They, they were so focused on their sin and how they lived that they could not imagine anything else and they wearied themselves, they wore themselves out trying to find the door to break in. What were they going to do when they got in? Couldn't see. Sin makes people do irrational things. It makes them act in ways that there's no explanation for. That's the first picture we see, the inhabitants. What a frame that is. The second picture... Skip down to verse 12. And men said, A lot hast thou here, and he besides sons-in-law and daughters. Get them all out of this place. Verse 11, verse, excuse me, verse 12. Verse 13, we're going to destroy this place. The cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord sent us to destroy it. Lot went out, spake to his son-in-laws, married his daughters, and said, Get up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. He seemed as one that mocked. And when the morning arose, verse 15, he's had a panicky night. I mean, he's... The mob has tried to rape him and break in his house. Uh, he's offered his daughters. I mean, just a chaotic night that you can't wrap your head around. Now the sun is up. And so when the morning rises, the angels said, Lot, you got to get moving. Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity in the city. And while he lingered... The men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife, upon the hand of his two daughters. And the Lord being merciful unto him, they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass when they brought him forth 
They said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Lingering around sin's a bad thing to do. And that's what happens to us if we won't cut it off. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Whosoever confesseth and forsaketh his sin shall have what? Mercy. But if you don't, you get judgment. He lingers. He just can't let go of where he lives. He just can't make up his mind to really believe what he's been told, that the storm is coming, the fire's coming. He just lingers. Have you lingered around sin? You sometimes not really cut clean from it like you ought to. I mean, may stop doing it, but I'm just going to think about it. I won't do that sin anymore, but I'll just kind of think about that sin. We, we come up with all kinds of excuses to minimize and justify the things that we do. Well, verse 26, I've already mentioned this. His wife looked back from behind him. She became a pillar of salt. Here's another picture of what sin does. We see the inhabitants rearing themselves to find the door. We see Lot, who just can't really make up his mind to leave. And every Christian ought to make up their mind to be as close to God as they can. And those who don't are failing. But we see the yearning of his wife as she looks back. Now, a man can live anywhere. I mean, a house is a house to a man. Just give me a house. You know, as long as I can find the bedroom, the bathroom, and the kitchen. Or I can get me some grub, I'll be in good shape. A house for a lady is an extension of her person. She decorates it to to suit her. She arranges things to suit her. And and the home uh, satisfies her more deeply than it does the man because we got to move. The only thing we're fussing about is we got to pack all that junk up, get all that stuff that's been in the attic for 20 years, hadn't touched it and hadn't thrown it away. We drag it all out and put it in the truck and take it to the other house and put it up in the attic there. It's harder, it's traumatic on a woman a lot of times to leave her home and to go somewhere else. So I can understand her yearning for her home. But she turns back. And paid a heavy price. So now we see the pictures. The Sodomites wearing themselves to find the door. Lot, betwixt and between, can't make up his mind lingering. And his wife, yearning for the comforts of her nice home, turning to a pillar of salt. Well, there's a fourth heartache. Verse 27, and Abraham got up early, gat up early, in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looks and he sees the smoke coming up. Abraham had a heartache. He had prayed for that place. He had prayed for God's mercy. He'd gotten answer from God. Surely Lot's led a few people to the Lord. Surely there's a few believers. And so the fourth picture we see is Abraham with tears streaming down out of his eyes as he sees the smoke arising. He's not sure where Lot is. He doesn't know. Unless God gave him some kind of supernatural knowledge, all he sees is the smoke going up, and he doesn't know what's happened. And behold, and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. When we had that tornado back, what was that, April? 
when that thing hit or late March, whenever it was, you know, when they were telling us it was coming and it looked like it might come right over us. And then it, we, get, we had kind of a clear sky to the south and then the dark sky to the, to the north of us. And my wife stood and I looked out the kitchen window and you could see that big cloud. And of course, it was kind of coming down. We couldn't see the funnel itself, but you could see where it was doing this. And I, and I told her, I said, boy, they're really getting pounded up there. This thing looks bad. It was black as it could be. Of course, some of our people lived through it, you know, Damon and Amy and them were there. Becca and y'all, I assume y'all were in your home. Things are blowing around. Windows are blowing out. Roofs are blowing off. Trees are collapsing. Just awful, awful situation. And as we stood there, I, I thought, man, God will have to have mercy on folks. You know, we only had one death out of that. Thank the Lord. That, that's the a mercy of God. But Abraham stood there and watched as what he knew was the judgment of God burning up that place. Have we prayed enough for our family and friends and people that if the judgment falls, we won't feel guilty? We will have done at least what we could to get them to Christ. Then the last picture. How did God see it? God saw it as the right thing to do. God doesn't make any mistakes. We look at it, we see the Sodomites wearing themselves to find the door. We see Lot lingering. We see his wife, you know, yearning. We see Abraham weeping. But we see God satisfied with the judgment that he's, he poured out. You know, the Bible says this about the judgment of God. It's his strange work. God had rather be gracious. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Second Peter chapter 3. He's not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness. There's long-suffering to usward. But when God's long-suffering is done, it's done. We're studying the, the Revelation in our men's Bible study on Monday nights. And we just got about the first four seals cracked uh, last, uh, this past Monday. It's horrible. Half of the world's population is going to die in about a three and a half or four year span. Half. You know, all these, these eugenists, uh, guys like Bill Gates, who think we ought to have a smaller population. We're going to have a smaller one. It's going to shrink, but it's going to be so, so much chaos that you can't imagine. And just like trip hammers, these judgments are going to fall. And it is the righteous wrath of God because in the middle of, of I can't remember which one it is, but there's maybe two different judgments right offhand that I'm thinking about where it says, and men repented not. They knew it was God judging them, but instead they just cursed and kept going like they were going. The Lord's judgment in verse 13, he'll destroy this place. Verse 14, the Lord will destroy this city. Verse 15, uh, you'll be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Verse 17, escape for thy life, look not behind thee, lest thou be what consumed. Verse 24, 
Then the Lord rained down upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. Now, I don't think that means heaven where we live. I believe it means out of the atmosphere, God created these fireballs of brimstone and fire coming down. Then in verse 25, and he overthrew those cities. And this judgment was so horrible that it's how he measures all other judgments. What a picture. What a picture of the tragedy that sin wrought in those lives of those people right there. Our country is in the midst of this uh, trying to make us normalize and accept sexual deviancy. That's always a sign of a, a declining society and culture. It's not normal. It's abnormal. And as we see that, one of these days, the rapture is going to take place. In a moment, a twinkle of an eye at the last trump, we're going to be lifted out of here. And in Revelation chapter 19, we're going to be looking down on the earth and seeing the smoke of our torment ascending. You know what we're going to say? Hallelujah. Why? Because our vision will be different then. We'll see things differently when we're in heaven. Right now, I want every sinner I can to get saved. I'm not, I don't want, if God's not willing that any should perish, then neither should I be willing. But when we get to heaven, the judgment of God will be just and we'll be satisfied with it. May we pray. Father, thank you for this text of Scripture. It's very sobering. Thank you that you responded to Abraham's prayers for just a small number. Lord, that you would be willing to bypass thine anger. And Lord, thank you for these lessons. Help us to learn them well. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.